Maximum Health with your host, Dr. Ken Gray. With over 20 years in healthcare, Dr. Gray is a doctor of oriental medicine and holistic physician fusing Eastern and Western healing. Dr. Gray is on staff at Jupiter Medical Center and in private practice with an office in Jupiter, Florida, where he resides. Dr. Gray enjoys being a physician as well as being an educator. His unique approach to holistic healing has taken him abroad to lecture in Baden-Baden, Germany, and treat sports professionals in Hawaii and Biarritz, France. He is co author of several books on food therapy and the founder of the annual Star Summit Talks at the Norton Museum of Art in Palm Beach, Florida. Now it's time for Maximum Health with Dr. Ken Gray. I'm at a loss for words and my heart is I'm at a loss for words and my heart is Welcome back, everyone. This is Maximum Health Radio, quality living with yours truly, Dr. Ken Gray. Thank you for joining us uh, every Friday now at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard. And um, as always, podcasts, most of you probably listen to podcasts at this point via Apple and Android and Google and all the other podcast mediums. Uh, we're on all of them, and I so appreciate your support. Um, as always, we have a, a new guest every week, and uh, today we have two guests and calling, and, and it's a call because they are my West Coast friends uh, in Maui, and uh, so I should say uh, aloha. <laughs> and um, and uh, just I'm, I'm always excited to do an Irish show with my friends on the west um, in the island of Hawaii, Maui. Uh, thank you guys for joining us. We have uh, David Taylor, who is from uh, Kai Kanani, and we also have my friend returning, Hannah Bernard, and uh, she is with the Hawaii Wildlife Fund. Guys, you're awesome for getting up this early and being on the phone uh, for our <laughs> listeners. <laughs> so what's going on? What's going on over there? Anna, you better tell them what's going on over here. What's going on? Well, yeah, yeah it is a beautiful day, first of all, as always. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lovely day today, and um, it is an interesting time in the islands with our uh, little pandemic that's affected all of us um, without the tourist industry rolling, which is the economic engine for Hawaii. Um, we have record unemployment. Um, it's more than 20% on Maui alone, mm. and um, last time I checked, and um, the, the tour boats, like that, the one that um, I got to meet me, Doc Ken, on Taikanani, and that David Taylor owns and runs, um, is, um, they're not funding because of uh, no visitors. So it's an interesting time with um, tourism um, essentially collapsed, and um, uh, tough for people financially. Yet, for the wildlife, it's been a bonus. We've seen a flourishing of our wildlife. Mm. Yeah. A return to nature and prioritizing of nature and a rest from the, a rest for nature in a way from human right? um, tramplings and, and interference. Um, you know, for my family and I, which is uh, was all eight of us at the time, we did a wonderful tour with you guys, and we learned so much of the oceans and the environment, and gained a greater appreciation for our place in all of it. And um, you did that together, because obviously, uh, David Taylor, you provided the means for going out and doing the snorkeling and seeing the wonderful reefs and learning uh, and, and while well, the education of it was done by Hannah Bernard from the Hawaii Wildlife Fund so you guys make a great team 
Um, and and obviously we came pretty far, coming from the far east coast in Jupiter, Florida, and flying out to you guys. And then and my kids to this day um, are enriched by that experience. So um, only guessing you've done that for tens of thousands of people at this point since you've, you guys have been around. And um, now with things uh, calming down, it's like you said, it's almost a bittersweet. It's it's bitter because you don't get to do that for people, but it's also sweet in a way because everything, all of nature gets a rest and you get to see it flourishing and you get some of your goals are being achieved with less pollution and less, um, you know, of all the things that you know, humans can be in, in our negative sense. Yep. Yes. Yeah. I think, I think that one of the things that's been standing out for me, though, and Hannah and I have had several conversations, actually, I think early on in the pandemic, maybe after a month or so, I called. I don't remember this conversation I called you because I was I was curious about the kind of the effects you know on being on the tourism side and being on the, on the marketing and, and promotion side of bringing people to the island and having them come out. Um, I was curious about her perspective on the effects of tourism. And, and one thing that Hannah's always made sure that I understand is that the oceans are connected and mm-hmm. uh, everything is connected. So, so what people are doing on the East Coast still affects what we do here and. And that, and that, it's, it it has been remarkable to, to see the ocean resting and see some of the behaviors of the animals changing a little bit, and that you know coming into places that normally are full of tourists and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't, I don't want, I don't, for me personally, I don't want to take my eye off the ball in understanding that it's a, even when tourists comes back, we have to continue to remember that the oceans are all connected. That we have to, we have to remember. That. Yeah. <laughs> it's very easy, I think, for people that feel somewhat isolated out here to say that we have this kind of isolated paradise and, and to an extent we do right um but you know if you go up to the north side of the island and you just go hiking around up there and you find a cove full of ocean plastic you kind of immediately are reminded that you know it's not just hawaii you know there right. are other places so right and, and i you know just to, to remind our listeners there is a current which brings plastic that's not even from there there um you yeah. know we learned that from Hannah Bernard last time, just be, and, and if you can touch base on that again, if you can bring us up to speed on how that has been, Hannah, because there's a current that actually, you know, yeah. s- somehow translates to bringing more plastic there mm-hmm. that, you know, <laughs> than the island can even fathom ever producing. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it's sadly, um, many people are, maybe most people are now aware of the great gyres in the Pacific Ocean, um, there's two, they're actually convergent zones north of us in Hawaii, and um, these convergent zones are places in the ocean where the currents swirl and drop, um, that's where the debris accumulates. Um, many people have referred to them as gyres, like there's, there's a big, the five gyres in, in the five ocean, ocean basins, but but really they are, they are convergent zones, and so... Um, the, the debris that has been dropped there by fishing vessels, by cargo ships, by um, but all of the waste that's pouring out of the rivers of land masses, and that's a major source for a lot of the debris. The plastics um, are coming from land masses, um, from all of our continental land masses, and then residing in the centers of the ocean. Then those currents get get stirred and brought down toward Hawaii with oceanographic conditions particularly during the El Ninos, um, when we have some, some major changes in our oceanographic conditions and some of those areas will see current structures that bring those big masses right onto our island. So we're essentially acting like a comb, sticking up out of the ocean in the middle of the 
Pacific Ocean and to the brief drops onto us. So we found that our, our work, Hawaii Wildlife Fund, is a um, wildlife recovery nonprofit organization focused on marine life here in Hawaii. But our work had to focus for the last 15 years significantly on ocean plastic because that is such a threat to wildlife that entangles wildlife, wildlife ingests plastics, and so it kills wildlife. And then it's actually affected even us. We're finding now that um, when plastics are broken down into micro and nanoplastics, um, less than five millimeters in size, that it actually is ingested by humans. It's in our salt water, it's in salt, and it's in the air. It's in beer. Mm. Everywhere. Wow. Ubiquitous. Yeah. Well, um, what do you think about the uh, these new enzymes or talks that the scientists or they keep releasing a little bit of news on some discoveries on new bacteria that will digest enzymes and break them down? Does that make it better or worse? Yeah. Uh, give any hope? Uh, have you heard anything about that? Yeah. I just saw that article yesterday about the, the actually the super enzyme that's been um, created. Um, enhanced uh, um, bacteria that were found naturally adapting to consuming plastic in the wild um, and then brought into the laboratory and, and the enzyme isolated within them and then enhanced so that it could act faster and, and to digest plastic three times faster than it does in, in nature. And so, yes, this is an interesting phenomenon. I, um, I haven't even had time to have a discussion with my colleagues. It's so fresh about... Um, the, the overall concerns that we might have, you know, we, we always worry a little bit when we when we do um, genetic engineering or, or um, some some of the things that we've been able to do with bio control here in Hawaii. Um, they they can have side effects. They can be um, effects that we can't predict because because it's not um, something that has taken thousands to millions of years to evolve. So so th- there's always the concern of okay so. We've brought something into existence. Then, um, what might those consequences be for for the rest of the world? So, although we we have good intentions, and in Hawaii, um, we've done this with biocontrols like monkeys was brought here to eat the snakes we don't have, <laughs> mm-hmm. and, um, and and there's 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 a list of all the, the species that were brought to Hawaii to to um, to help protect agricultural crops that then proliferated because island ecosystems are very vulnerable to um, invasions or um, introduced species mm. impacts. So, so for the one, initially I'm excited to, to, to break it down. Initially I'm excited about the possibility because there needs to be something that, that takes out the toxicity of plastics. We, we really want to reuse and recycle plastics, but we're very concerned for the byproducts. The right. breakdown right. of all the plastic constituents, right. and certainly you, as a physician, doc, know that that this is of of deep concern for the entire planet. Yeah, I mean, generally for me as a holistic physician, my biggest fear in most cases, um, especially when it comes to humans and science, uh, so-called scientists, and, you know, is, is, is like you said, the byproducts. I don't think they pay enough attention to the spaces in between and the long-term results of their discoveries or, or um, choices. Um, and, and obviously there's, 
you know, like you said, intentions can start off good and then end up bad. And we've all witnessed this over the history, you know, small history of humans on this earth. So, you know, it'd be nice if they had some integrative measures and looks at it and holistic uh, <laughs> consultants yeah. on, the, on the matter, yeah. but I don't know if we're there yet. Um, David, when, when we look at Kaikanani and, and the work that you do, um, owning your, your, you know, seagoing vessel and then partnering with uh, Hannah Bernard and the uh, Hawaii Wildlife Fund, I'm just wondering how that came to be, you know, a little bit about that background, because uh, obviously you've taken a super conscious stance into doing more than just putting people on the water and getting them in the water to, you know, have a pastime or, or, or you know, uh, utilize tourism uh, benefits, but you've, you've, you've taken a step quite further and uh, being a part of your um, operation and, and enjoying it, I, like I said, it's, it's, there's some depth there that I'm curious to know how it came into being. Yeah, so uh, my wife, who is one of the owners of Kakanani, her father was the uh, was was it was the owner before her, and H- Hannah and Roger became friends. Uh, it's a small island, and um, I I don't know the exact story of how they met or Maria, Hannah. You'll have to tell me that sometime. <laughs> I'm assuming I'm assuming Roger was flirting with you at some point because um, he was that guy. <laughs> he, was a, he, was, he was a great guy, um, and he was just a vivacious, vivacious and outgoing personality. And they met, and Roger was a, I guess I'll, I'll say this, he was a man of conviction. When he heard things and he knew that they were important, he kind of, he just would get on board with that. Mm-hmm. I think that also, um, Kaikanani has taken a, an approach, and Maria certainly considered, uh, continued this for Roger, um, that we have to be out front, um, industry has to be a huge, huge part of the solution um, when it comes to anything that we're doing. When it comes to ocean plastic, when it comes to um, the, the over tourism, which is which was a before the pandemic was a major issue on, on Maui. You know, we were we were bringing in almost two million people, and even Maria looking at our trips and cutting passenger caps back and saying we, we have to provide a more peaceful, more exclusive experience not just for the tourists, but for the wildlife as well. And Hannah, her education and, the, and her team's education of our crew members has been a big, big part of that because it just makes sense. It just makes sense to to slowly kind of educate our customers as we can and as, as the science becomes available. So Kaikanani is just wanting to, frankly, we just want to be a leader. We're one boat, you know, but we're the only boat that lives down in South Mountain, the only catamaran that lives down there. And in such a pristine environment in the McKenna area, um, we just kind of we want to be on out front of it. So, and Rod started that. You know, he was my father-in-law for 20 years before he passed away. Um, and uh, I was lucky. I know Hannah was like, you know, he was good friends with him, and we kind of had lots of stories. Yeah. Well, I I have to say, um, what a fine man and what a what a fine daughter he has produced. Your wife. Um, we're all blessed to have to have her in our lives. Um, and you know. I have to give a shout out to um, childhood friends of his, the Coon family, the Coon brothers, Rand and Jim Coon, yeah. who owns Trilogy, own Trilogy, another robot company. And at that time, Kai Kanani, the time that I met Roger, Kai Kanani was in, um, being run by, by Rod's then. Um, and it was, he was working for his good friends, um, yeah. being around, um, doing operations management for Trilogy. And Trilogy, being a leader um, on Maui, it deals with a boat company on Maui, and a fine company, good give back company. Um, I had been trying to form a partnership with them for outlook education, 
and um, our history with Hawaii Wildlife Fund, since we started in 1996, was to um, conduct marine education and conservation. And we worked closely with the marine tourism industry because that was a platform of opportunity. There's thousands of people um, coming out on the water, and, and that certainly has increased now to millions um, every year. We wanted to both support that the information shared on the vessels was accurate and um, appropriate for our visitors, and that we, we saw that the, the turbo industry could make a huge difference for setting the stage for, for proper conservation and wildlife interactions. And so, you know, Raj, he actually he got it, and he leveraged a way for our companies to work together and partner together and it's his vision, I have to say. Um, he actually was a conservationist at heart, um, having come from Alaska. <laughs> an inter- interesting man, an interesting background, even having worked as a logger. Um, he, he really had a deep commitment to the, to the environment. Hmm. So um, that's how the genesis of, of our two organizations began partnering. And then when he moved over to partner with Kaikanani and run Kaikanani and, and take over the business, um, together with the Akiona family, and I believe there's a third partner who you can you can name better than I can, David. But when he did this, um, he brought Hawaii Wildlife Fund with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was funny about Raj, you know, being an environmentalist at heart, having grown up in a logging camp. The Gildersleeve family, Roger Gildersleeve and his family, they were from logging in southeast Alaska, which was another small community, and they would come over, spend a lot of their winters in Maui. And uh, Roger's father, uh, Grandpa Murray, he they ended up, Marina Lane bought houses here, and the Coons bought houses here, and they built their houses up on the high up on Haleakala. And I think that, honestly, what I know of Roger is that his encounters as a young boy with with animals and wildlife in southeast Alaska, which was common, I mean, bears and, you know, moose and deer and fish, and, you know, he had to kill a whale trying to eat his dog one time. And, I mean, wow. all kinds of crazy stories that they had, but their interactions with I mean, if you would sit around the Gildersleeve family and listen to the stories, their, their of encounters with the wildlife there, um, they were hugely impactful in how he saw kind of that the, the symbiotic relationship. It wasn't like growing up in an urban area where wildlife was kind of a mystical phenomenon. You know, he was encountering it daily, all the time, and they depended on it in the logging camp. They depended on it for food and for for sustenance, but but also it was normalized. And so coming to Hawaii, same kind of thing. He did see the wildlife as part of our responsibility. You know, he was um, he was like, "There's a we all we all have a relationship," and and I think the Coons were the same way. So it's kind of nice that Trilogy, being the largest um, boat company on the island, and still is, and their kids running, uh, Jim and Randy's kids running that company now, and Roger's daughter running Taikanami now. They've all that's just been passed down, and it's a it's an awesome legacy, I think. Between the two of you, um, how do you see what your your mission together has been in regards to? Um uh, examples of healing, you know, uh, environmental healing. I mean, right now, I'm, and, and also to now, I'm, I'm curious as to how maybe this has been an opportunity for laser focus and innovative collaborations, um, if, if at all. So maybe you can both give us that point of view. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go first on that. Let me, let me say real quick, Hannah. I, I, I for, for our part, um, Hannah has, uh, because we're younger, right? Roger and Hannah were friends for a long time. We heavily relied on Hawaii Wildlife Fund and on Hannah's expertise to help us know what to do next. Where can we improve? You know, what can we do better in terms of 
um, not only educating all of our our crew members on a I think a biannual basis or quarterly basis right now that we're doing, um, but just even Maria and Hannah and I and all of us sitting around and saying, hey, you know, what can we do better on the boat? What can we get rid of in terms of single-use plastic? What can we do, you know, to to make this friendlier? It's just it's been her guidance has been um, for us taking over the company three years ago has been just a paramount importance for us. So. Thanks, Hannah. I just want to say that. <laughs> Great. Uh-huh. Really my, my pleasure. Yeah. And some of your tales, yeah. uh, Hannah, if, if you can share mm-hmm. some ways that uh, environmental healing has been brought about through mm-hmm. um, your work together. Sure. I think um, it's, it's an extraordinary awakening that's happening for all of us right now. And I think it's been, um, it's been a long, a long, slow awakening, sadly, um, and hopefully it's not too late for us to recognize our own impact on our environment, on the health of our planet. And this pause, the COVID pause, has really allowed us to look at human impact on our environment. So we were beginning to do that on a small scale, in our small universe way. Um, In Hawaii, we we would look at the process of, of waking up. Okay, so... We want to take care of this beautiful place, these beautiful islands, and and help keep them healthy. And there's millions of people coming here. So we want to share with them both the importance of how we behave and how to behave better so that we can perpetuate a healthy marine ecosystem. And as you become awake in the process of seeing what we human beings have done to our own environment, um, it's, it's, it's a tough, it's a very tough painful process of looking at, okay, now, how do we change? Because, it, you know, we have to look at every every single thing we do. When we go out on the water, um, on boats, we are, we are creating an impact. We are driving um, vessels that are powered by either biodiesel or diesel or, or um, some, some combination of that and wind. So, you know, many um, in the tour, tourism industry and, and the tourism industry are looking at, well, how can we sail more and kaikanize the sailing vessel? So it's already, it's looking at, you know, how do we continue to share our love of the ocean and bring people into it safely? And by the way, I do really believe the marine tourism industry has introduced millions of people to the ocean safely and with less impact than they might have if they go out on their own. They're, they have guides like me and lifeguards, um, educated lifeguards who protect them and protect the, the marine animals, the, the actual coral reef. And so um, the responsible tourism industry, that which reduces its own impact, um, can actually have a, a beneficial effect overall. It's, it's key to balance, though, mm. at, and, and everything yeah. for health, as you know, um, is it's, you know, can, can, we, can we reduce our level of tourism. I think what we've all been seeing here in Hawaii is the, the softness um, of, our, of our place with less people. And, and I know I'm hearing all around me people evaluating, can we, can we keep this smaller numbers thing going? I mean, mm. the, the economy is based on the, the 9 million visitors per year that are coming here. We're coming here before COVID-19 um, crushed the planet. Um, economically, and so you know, what what do we do that both sustains us? You know, the the, the model for economic growth is is not a healthy one. Consumption of resources—it's it, got to be done 
with that triple bottom line for the environment, for humans, and for economic health, all right. at once. It, 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 can't, it can't be at the expense right. of no, anyone. It's well said. It's about that balance. Um, I can also say for myself, uh, you know, being a holistic physician, healer, nature uh, one of the things I look to alleviate in my patients and I think that you do in your work both of you is um, getting rid of uh, fear uh, fear of the unknown fear of the ocean fear of the, the wildlife because once you connect someone in, yeah. a, in a way that they can understand and feel comfortable and respectful um, and sharing that mutual respect that nature has for them and that they can have for nature and you put them and immerse them in, in the in the lifeblood of our planet which is the oceans it's 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 interesting how you know for instance a child especially when they're starting young and they have this vastness and there are all these fish and and things that they once were afraid of but now they they find passion and love and respect and and a, and a heavenly sort of connection to that they their lives will then be changed as to maybe they won't be as uh, apt to drop something on the ground that is not uh, biodegradable they are they may not want to or feel comfortable with eating or or utilizing something that is unnatural or filled with preservatives or uh, not reusable and you know it's funny how those traits change when you expose a child at a young age and take away the fear of nature and then immerse them in it in a loving and, and guided way and that's what I know you did for my family and when you showed them the sharks uh, <laughs> you know and then they were able to feel comfortable so um, j- before we go I just want to share both your contact information but uh, one for uh, Kai Kanani and one for the Hawaii Wildlife Fund for the, anyone out there that wants to support and um, in any way possible uh, yeah for anyone coming to Maui and, and they're looking for kind of a quieter more exclusive uh, experience, in terms, especially in, when it comes to Molokini Crater. Um, we definitely uh, definitely want them to look up Kaikanani. You, you can go to kaikanani.com. You can, you can actually, uh, once we're back open, and we're hoping to open here relatively soon, as the island opens up, um, you can look at trips there, but you can also contact us through the website. So kaikanani.com, that's K-A-I-K-A-N-A-N-I.com. Beautiful. And Hawaii Wildlife Fund, Miss Hannah Bernard? Yeah, so we're... Um our URL is, is, um, is really old, and so it's not our name. Our name is Hawaii Wildlife Fund, but our, our website is wildhawaii.org, www.wildhawaii.org. And um, that's a good way for people to find us, get on, onto our website. They can um, go ahead and email us through that, the website and learn more about what we do. We have so many wonderful programs and then they can get clearer on um, the kinds of questions they might want to ask. We're just a small little nonprofit, very tiny, but we're mighty. And we're mighty because of our partnerships with companies like Kaikanine and um, with good people like you, Dr. Ken. Oh, sharing the word. Thank you, thank you. Well, mahalo for this wonderful show, for sharing such love and aloha spirit. I hope everyone gains so much from it, and uh, we'll continue to do our best to be part of the healing and restoration of the earth for us, really, because it's going to be here after us. So <laughs> we might as well try to enjoy it as long as and as much as possible. Um, have a wonderful day, both of you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Aloha. 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 This has been another Maximum Health Quality Living. See you next time. Cause I don't want you to go away. Said I don't want you to go away now. Said I hear when you just can't stay. So won't you come back my way? Say come back my way. And I 
hear this song and sing along Cause I'm here to stay, to stay But when those days are long and the nights are cold Who's gonna keep you warm? Well, I want you in the daylight and I want you in my moon